welcome to Innovative Medical Solutions' latest podcast series on Arthromid. These podcasts are brought to you by IMS Vet, leaders in discovering and distributing the latest, most innovative products to equine veterinarians. Head over to www.arthromid.co.nz to find out more. Veterinarian Lee De Clifford is back with us again, and uh, today we're discussing the efficacy papers around the use of Arthromid Vet in arthritis management. Let's kick things off with a study in Germany from 2012. It was the first clinical paper on the product. Uh, yes, uh, it was performed uh, by Jansen, Cohen, and Leisha. And the study was quite interesting, as, as you said, it was the first paper looking into the clinical efficacy of the product. Uh, in, in horses with confirmed osteoarthritis. And the, the caseload in this paper uh, was looking at uh, sport horses that were performing either show jumping or dressage, and the, the product was injected, uh, which was one mil in this case, into the distal interphalangeal joint. And all horses, of which there were 12, uh, had actually failed to conventional intraarticular medication. Uh, which consisted primarily of uh, triamcinolone, hyaluronic acid, and uh, also uh, autologous condition serum, so it's products such as uh, uh, your IRAPs. Uh, and what they, they found in this case was that uh, all horses uh, had more than three months of chronic or recurrent lameness in one or both forelimbs, and the horses were confirmed to have osteoarthritis uh, through intraarticular uh, analgesia, radiological examination, and also MRI uh, to exclude other um, pathological processes within the foot, which can be quite challenging to a general practitioner. And what they found is that uh, up at, to the point of six months uh, post-injection, that uh, eight horses were lame-free at that time period. Two horses had shown significant improvement and still remained in work, uh, although at a slightly lower level, uh, and only two of the 12 horses uh, were, were lame and were actually unchanged at the time of, of examination. And I suppose more importantly as well, there was, there was also shown to be no adverse reactions to any of the uh, injections at the time for the study. So that was quite encouraging, and uh, that certainly was a, a good catalyst to you know, look into further research. and probably you know, larger groups and over a longer time period as well. Speaking of further research, we move on to something more recent, a similar caseload performed in the UK. Uh, yes, so this was uh, published uh, in 2016 and it was conducted by uh, you know, Andy Bath and his team out of uh, Rossdale's uh, Equine Hospital uh, in the UK. And again, they also had horses that uh, had confirmed osteoarthritis in either the distal interphalangeal joint or the uh, proximal interphalangeal joint. And that was confirmed with, again, intraarticular analgesia, uh, radiology and MRI. And they, uh, again, took one mil of the product and uh, injected this intraarticularly. And they followed up with four weeks of restricted exercise, uh, followed by progressive uh, return to ridden, ridden exercise up to the highest level possible that the horse could uh, compete at or work uh, daily at. And what they initially uh, had was 20 horses and at 12 month period they were able to follow up with 18 of those. And they found that uh, very basically same numbers as the previous paper where 12 of the 18 uh, have returned to full function um, and showing no signs of lameness. Three out of the 18 uh, were performing but at a slightly lower level, 
and it had very low levels of lameness present, only under extreme conditions. And three of the 18 had failed to improve and remain the same as uh, at day zero. Now what was interesting is that these horses all had an average lameness duration of 15 months prior to injection, and uh, they all had, were non-responsive to previous conventional treatments as well. And uh, 10 of the 18 had significant arthritic changes present radiologically, and the average lameness score at time of uh, administration of the product was 3 out of 10, which is a slightly different scale uh, for those who use the American system of 1 out of 5. Uh, but nonetheless, it was you know, showing that you know, there's a significant difference for a 12-month period, which is quite nice to see longevity in those cases. And again, there were, um, uh, there were very happy owners at the end of that study. And that leads us on to a comparative study in fetlock joints uh, performed in sport horses? Uh, yes, so uh, again, uh, Aziz Timebar uh, and the team out of uh, Copenhagen University then looked at uh, yeah, the use of the product in fetlock joints. And again, in, in sport horses, dressage, uh, show jumping, uh, eventing, and they also uh, diagnosed arthritis, uh, osteoarthritis in these joints through antarticular analgesia and both radiology and MRI. And interestingly, uh, the horses in this study, uh, being a comparative one, uh, were split up into two groups. There were 20 horses in, in each group, uh, one group receiving two mils of the uh, Arthmed vet and the other group uh, receiving a 12 milligram and 20 milligram dose of tramcinolone and hyaluronic acid, uh, respectively. And examinations were conducted at one, three, and six months post-injection. Mm -hmm. And what they found was that the percentage of uh, lame-free horses in the Arthmed Vet Treaty Group at those time points of one, three, and six months was 55, 65, and 75% respectively. However, the percentage of lame-free horses in the control group was 15, 40, and 35%, so showing clear significance uh, between the two groups. Uh, and also those the reported lame-free results in the control group uh, is in line with previous studies uh, of those products. And what they found in this also was there's no adverse effects. And the, uh, the odds ratio for a lower lameness score between the groups was uh, 92 which strongly indicates that treatment of osteoarthritis using the 2.5% polyethyl amide hydrogel is significantly better than the control group. So yeah, that was quite encouraging. Mm. Sound like, sounds like those results are, are pretty long-lasting too. Is there anything looking at the product's longevity? Uh, yes, there was a good study done, uh, again, by um, Aziz Timebar and the team out of uh, Copenhagen University, and they followed up uh, you know, quite a large number of horses for, for two years and found significant results over that time period. And what they did is, again, you know, sport horses, and they had 43 enrolled. Uh, they were examined at time points of day zero, and then at months one, three, six, 12, and 24. And uh, they also looked at whether or not the horse had previous treatments, the radio, uh, radiographic grading of osteoarthritis, the level of joint diffusion, and the lameness grading uh, at the time. Of, of those uh, those periods, and what they were able to show is that you know, they had seventy percent of those horses were uh, were warm bloods performing equestrian disciplines, uh, nineteen percent were racing breeds, and uh, and all all of which were actually inactive racing. So, and then when they broke up those joints, 
they found that two-thirds of those were in the forelimb and one-third was behind, and 93% of them were fetlock joints, uh, with the remaining 7% being uh, the upper, middle or lower knee joint. The lameness duration before treatment uh, was in 81% of the cases was between one and six months, and in 19% was greater than six months. And 86% of them had previous uh, osteoarthritic uh, therapies injected mm -hmm. into those joints, and 26% of them were a lameness grade of one at the time of administration, 32% were a lameness grade of two, 35% were a lameness grade of three, and 7% were a lameness grade of four. And what they also found was that there were, were quite a varying amount of joint effusion in the, in the affected joints at the time of administration. And uh, also, you know, reaction flexion as well. There was a, the standard and normal distribution of those. And interestingly as well, the, the radiographic grading at, at baseline, there was there only very mild evidence there in 53%, moderate evidence in 21%, and marked osteoarthritic changes uh, in 26% of cases. And I suppose the important stats to look at really are the proportion of non-lame horses at those time points of 1, 3, 6, 12 and 24 months was 60%, 67%, 79%, 81% and 82.5% respectively. And uh, on discussion with the owners of those horses at the 24 month mark, 75% of those owners were, were very satisfied with the remaining 15% being satisfied. Mm. which leaves a very small percentage of, of owners that were only slightly or not satisfied at all, which is excellent to see. Those papers that we've heard you talk of, it sounds like they're very focused on sport horses. What about uh, thoroughbreds? How's the research around them? Uh, yes, so uh, our research team identified that there was a bit of a, a gap in the literature in terms of, as you said, focus more on the sport horse sector. So uh, we set out to to look at exactly that. What 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 can be done for the racing thoroughbred because we know they're a big percentage of you know, the veneerian's daily work, um, depending on where you, where you practice, obviously, but overall for the equine industry, uh, veterinary industry, it's a big percentage. So it was a, certainly needed to be done. And what we were able to do, uh, we took 49 flat racing thoroughbreds that were all trained out of a single facility. And this was conducted over approximately uh, about a year. And what we were able to find is that Again, like other papers, we have a significant improvement in lameness grades. And these horses were followed through for uh, 24 weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and what we were able to show uh, is that, again, it was very, very efficacious. And of those 49 horses, we were able to uh, get a total of 89 joints. And 11% of those were were the four fetlock, uh, the, and 88% was the intercarpal joint, and 1% was the radiocarpal joint. So in, I think in general terms, uh, the intercarpal joint appears to be the most uh, affected uh, joint for lameness in a flat racing thoroughbred, and certainly the results of this would show that it's about right about the 88% mark. And interestingly though, these horses were detected at early stages, which is evident by the uh, percentage of lameness distribution across the you know, zero to five scale. So what we were able to show is that horses that were grade two occupied 45% of the number of joints, and horses that were grade three uh, occupied 49%, so with uh, the remaining 6% being a grade one lameness. So they were detected very early on, 
which is also highlighted by the fact that the radiological scores at baseline were either none or mild in 54 and 36% of the, the cases present. And horses that were lame free uh, at those time points, uh, it was interesting that no change in lameness grades were seen at, at one week. Uh, and in hindsight, now having known further information and conducting the study, uh, you probably would have looked uh, probably two and potentially three weeks as well mm -hmm. in conjunction with the four week mark because that's when we started noticing that uh, we had a good uh, positive effect happen with the product and what we found at that time point was 43% of those horses were, were lame free and then at 12 and 24 weeks we found uh, 67 and 65% to be lame free as well so again two thirds which roughly fits in with the previous research conducted um, overseas uh, on sport horses. It sounds like you've got a huge amount of depth around the research. So where do you go from here? Oh, well, very similarly, as you mentioned before, that it's all good to, to assess a product uh, on its own, but you don't know its true worth until you put it up against a conventional control, which has got known efficacy and is used widely throughout the industry. So we then uh, adapted this research model and then took it to a new level where we compared it against two other products, uh, one of which is triamcinolone and acetonide, often just called cortisone, mm -hmm. and then also against uh, sodium hyaluronine, so often just called you know, hyaluronic hyaluronic acid. So we conducted this up to good clinical practice standards, which is double-blinded, controlled, respective, and uh, you know, blinded in every asset that we could achieve. And it was performed out of a single training facility, mm -hmm. And what, you know, these horses had the same farrier, same working environment, same stabling effects, same feed, same track work riders, same track conditions, were all assessed on a hard bitumen surface. And uh, we had a blinded treating veterinarian and also a blinded observing veterinarian as well. Mm -hmm. And at no time point were they aware what, uh, what group the horse was in. And interestingly as well that this was conducted in association with standard stable work as well. And the vets at the time of initial examination of, of any horse present for lambs didn't even know if the horse was in the study or not. Okay. So it wasn't until they conducted the initial examination mm. that they were told whether or not the horse was in the study. So that was quite, a, I think, a, a strong point of the, of, the, of the study. And we also broke up the analysis of the patients into, you know, uh, you know sprint to mile mm -hmm. And there was no difference between any of the groups. And we found the results to be consistent amongst all three ranges as well. And because obviously they do different, slightly different workloads depending on what they're, they're destined to be racing for. And so we broke it up into three groups. Again, the, the triamcinolone, the sodium hyaluronate, and then the 2.5% uh, polyethylamide hydrogel. And we put two mils in. And this was only on intercarpal joints. Mm -hmm. All horses were assessed by intraarticular analgesia and radiology. And although we didn't do MRI or CT in these cases, it, the paper was conducted... Um, I suppose at the practitioner level, at the everyday stable stable vet level, to, to see um, you know, how, how applicable is it to the day-to-day vet because you can't send every horse for MRI. Mm. So it was, uh, we feel it was quite a practical paper. Mm -hmm. And what we found is that by, at six weeks, uh, we found 10 out of the 12 horses that had received the, the Arthur vet were, were lame-free. And interestingly, we followed those horses through um, for another six weeks and they still remained lame free, mm -hmm. those 10 out of the 12. And then the results for the other two uh, products were certainly uh, inferior with uh, only 30% uh, of the triumcinolone group being sound at six weeks and 40% of the sodium hyaluronine group 
being uh, lane free at, at six weeks as well. So, um, and yeah, so we, st we you know, overall we had 33 joints to assess. Uh, there was 12 in the treatment group. Sorry, 11 in the treatment group. Uh, uh, 10 in the trimethylamine group, and then nine in the sodium hyaluronate group. So it was interesting. Mm. Uh, Started to perform, and it's certainly it's very it's watertight, and it gives us good confidence going forward that you know we know we can put it into intercarpal joint, which again makes up the bulk of I think racetrack work. And you recently went on a trip to Denver, I understand, to present. Yeah, so I presented that information over at AEP mm -hmm. uh, in Colorado, late uh, 2019. So seemed to be well received, and yeah, something got a few people talking. But uh, yeah, which. Uh, I suppose we'll move us on to the, the next podcast that we do, talking about how best to use the product and what to expect and, and how to manage the horses once they've received the product. It sure will. Thank you very much, Lee. Thank you. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast and learned a little more about Arthramid. Be sure to head to arthramid.co.nz or find us on Facebook at Arthramid Vet to hear additional podcasts, read about the results others have achieved and to find out where to purchase your Arthramid from. We came for feedback, so head to arthramid.co.nz forward slash podcast to ask further questions, rate us, or leave a comment. All of the above will put you in the draw to win an Arthramid jacket. On behalf of IMS Vet, thanks for listening.